Welcome to Dice Camera Action in Audio Form. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk. Chris Perkins is the dungeon master for the amazing group of adventurers known as the Waffle Crew. They've been broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd at 4 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday for a while, but we wanted to give fans who prefer to listen in audio form a way to follow their adventures. We're going back to the start of the Waffle Crew's adventures in Barovia and the greater Sword Coast area and publishing them all on this new podcast feed. Going forward, we'll be releasing weekly episodes pulled from the live stream here on the Dice Camera Action RSS. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecamerraaction.gamepedia.com for full episode recaps and information about all the NPCs, guest appearances, and adopted pets of the party. For this episode, we'll pick up right when Chris Perkins says hello to the crew. Enjoy this suboptimal party. Hello, 2019. This is Dice Camera Action, a D&D show. (laughs) This is going to be a good year. All of you shush. Anna's gone. We've lost her. (laughs) She's just gone. There, she's back. I was in 2018 for a second. Uh, Okay. Is it still horrible? It's a good thing it's out of our lives Is it still horrible? (laughs) All right, uh, let's see. It's been several weeks since we last convened, so let's see if we can't summarize where things are at currently. Previously, in dice camera action, the Waffle Crew settled in Waterdeep and uh, acquired a estate from one Magnus Burnsides, which they turned into a bakery um, and repository for all of their collected junk and friends. And... Uh, they are currently residing there with, let's see, a GIF Commodore named Warrington Munt and a decrepit albino beholderkin named Albie and a severed, withered old hand named Handrew and a kid who used to be a puppet but is now a real boy named Simon, three street urchins named Jenks, Nat, and Squidly, and a owlbear named Waffles. What is a home but a repository for junk and friends? Exactly. Right. Yeah. And when you put it like that, it sure sounds a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the course of settling in their new abode and getting accustomed to the frenetic lifestyle of Waterdeep, the crew ran afoul of several local villains managed to dispatch one of them, a beholder crime lord named Xanathar, whose organization, in a way, Diath, has kind of absorbed. Uh, But other villains have harangued the Waffle crew of late, including uh, a faction of drow who have menaced them, pistol-wielding drow, I might add, a a sort of... uh, spectral shadow organization called the Gentarum, which seems to be, at least in part, under the leadership of an evil wizard named Manshun, who has an artificial hand, and have apparently run afoul of an infernal society or family or organization of some kind, for they have been beset by imps. Uh, They encountered and slew a Rakshasa and took a book written in Infernal, 
from its residents, which was promptly stolen from them by previously mentioned imps. And uh, on one occasion, Strix was summoned away by the Acquisitions Inc. crew to help rob a bank, which was owned and operated by a noble family called the Castellanters, who have two young children who are looked after by a tiefling nanny who visited the Waffle Crew recently um, to buy some of their fine pastries. I think they were spying on us. They may have been spying. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. An invitation arrives at the Waffle House for all of you to come and pay a visit to Lord and Lady Castellanter in their home in the Sea Ward. The invitation promises that this is an informal meeting, so come as you are, bring what you will, uh, uh, and a light meal will be served, uh, but nothing fancy. And uh, they would like to make you a proposal, one of reconciliation. Uh, They tell you uh, that they will send a coach Uh, to fetch you, uh, should you wish to attend. You just need only hop in the coach and you will be born safely to the Castle Lantern residence. If you have concerns, they tell you, don't worry, there will be a member of the City Watch on hand to make sure everyone behaves. Is this like a written invitation? It is. Do we each individually get one or was it one envelope? One envelope for the house. But we're all aware of it at this point already. Yes. All right. So Paulton's just like, all right, New year, new house, new rules. All invitations immediately go in the trash. We don't go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but why don't we just... <laughs> I thought you liked parties. Nope. Don't trust anyone anymore. Everything is awful. Last time we got an invite... Last, like, five times we got an invite <laughs> somewhere, uh, people tried to kill us. So I'm starting to pick up a, a, a pattern. Yeah. So. Uh, but I sort of accidentally robbed their bank. Even more reason not to go. Uh, but I, I think and they might come get us for that. Making a mistake is we started thinking, and that's when things go wrong. When we think everything's awful, so let's just stop thinking and say, you know what? Let's just assume everything is out to kill us. Yay! <laughs> I, I've been doing that this whole time. Thank you for finally agreeing with me. But now, let, but now I'm saying we should establish like a rule system to abide by it. And you know what? I'm sorry. You were right the whole time. So, <laughs> Yay! So let's go ahead and just permanently lock all the doors. You know, throw out all the keys. Oh, that's a good idea. I don't know find, why we never lock the doors. Find uh, dark corners to just curl up in and just stay there. That's what I do all the time. Great. You get you. Man, you're way ahead of the game. Damn. <laughs> all right. Guys, why don't we listen to streets more? She just looks at everyone else like proud of herself. All like. She does have 50 years of experience of hiding. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I love parties. Personal. If they're offering reconciliation, I think it's something we should consider. I just love parties. Reconciliation for what now? And reconciliations. We've done a lot. A lot has been done to us. Also true. Yeah, uh, I... 
don't want them to come after us. That's a problem. That's more of a, the watch will be there. If the watch is there, we'll be fine. Yeah, right. totally. Will Todd be there? Does it say on the invitation? It does the not watch? mention, well, the invitation is currently in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't read it. She just heard Paulton read it. So she asked Paulton if Todd was mentioned. Todd's dead. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. But like, but like he's like, like everyone was like cool with it. It was like a chill thing. They had like a little party and stuff like that. Weird that you didn't get invited to that. Either way. Is, that, is this one of those like sarcasm things you do that I'm supposed to like get that it's a joke? What? You're doing it again, aren't you? No. No. He's doing it right now. Okay. Well, while this is going on, while this is happening, uh, Commodore Munt is sort of moving his stuff out from the basement up into the attic room that he's been kind of setting aside for himself, saying the whole time that the higher ceilings really are necessary. Well, why don't we just bring Warrington and a gun? (gasps) Warrington, do you want to come to a party with us? Oh my, of course, yes. See? They're not going to mess with us when we bring him. He's a weird... Giant hippo man. A party. Do you hear that, Pippin? And he punches you really hard. (laughs) (laughs) See? Warrington can be our plus one. Uh, Chris, help me refresh my memory about the Castle Lanterns. Were they involved with the Stone of Galore at all? And um, Lady... uh, Lady Esvalet Roshnar? Yeah, Esvalet, thank you. Um, Well... Possibly, because they, you believe that they've had imp, invisible imp spies infesting your house. Yeah. They doubtlessly know a great deal about what's happened there. And also, you recall that the, they, they were the ones who you believe tampered with the unseen servants in your house. Right. Yeah. I remember that. So, yeah, I'm just trying to remember if we've done any... But you haven't had any direct dealings with them um, per, on any sort of personal level. Except for Strix robbed their bank. Correct. That is, and, and but they weren't there. Right. Did you even actually take any money? No. No. <laughs> so technically she didn't rob anyone. No, I just visited it. it was, uninvited. It was just an attempted robbery. It was a paltry breaking and entering? <laughs> uh, yeah. And, I mean, Omen, it was Omen's fault anyway. Oh, yeah, it definitely was. It usually I mean, is, yeah. yeah. He came to the window in the bakery and just stood there like a creep. Wait, Omen was here? It was a while ago, but he didn't want to come in. I'm pretty sure because Diaz hates him. Diaz? No, I mean, you know, to be fair, he's, you know, like, horrible. (laughs) (laughs) You guys need to give Omen a break. He threw a great Christmas party for us. That's true. But you weren't at the PAX show. (laughs) (laughs) Look, let's just go and bring Warrington. It'll be fine. And if anything gets bad, I can just teleport us back home. Right, it's easy for us to escape, and if they do have any problems with us, if anything else, this is us getting information on them. If they have suspicions upon us, we can try to deduct or deduce as much as we can from whatever it is, because something's going on here, and I don't like it. Yeah, I can go and dress up and have fun and socialize, and Dia can deduce. Right, all of our favorite pastimes. (laughs) Okay, so... um... Just the going for the usual Paulton recap of all the stupid shit going on. Every time we get invited somewhere, someone tries to kill us. Someone invites us somewhere, 
And our thought is we should probably go. Yeah, but yeah, but hear me out. Hear me out. Oh, God, I want to hear. What if (laughs) this time it's different? It might be. Oh, (laughs) right. I didn't think of that. I know. That's what I'm here to help. Strix will just turn to Warrington and just be like, just bring your biggest gun and your fanciest uh, coat, Warrington, and we're going to go to a party. Yes, well, I have a coat, but as you recall, my fancy gun was destroyed recently in that altercation at a men's farm. Rather Don't inconvenient. Don't you have a fancy another one? Not yet, no. Yet. Alton, you can wear your party coat. Alton's, like, already wearing his party coat. <laughs> I don't need an occasion. Well, Warrington, you yes. hit hard, so it'll be fine. Yes, and he cracks his knuckles. Okay, good, great. Look, we have, this. should anything actually happen to us, we have ways of getting ourselves out of danger. Nothing else, try to stay cl- as close as possible to Strix. So as soon as things go poorly, she can immediately teleport us out of there. Another idea is I can literally, I could death ward all of us before we even go in. Alton's just... Right. How do we do that? I will death warn all of us before we go in. Yeah, and I still have connections to the open Lord of Waterdeep, so if something goes very poorly here, the last thing the Castellanters want to do is have the ire of open Lords of Waterdeep. And I'm best friends with the Blackstaff, so... I'll go, get my, I'll go get my gun. And Paul just, like, schlumps off. <laughs> Are guns a thing that you're supposed to bring to parties? Is <laughs> it's, it's gonna. I'm starting a trend. Okay. Should I have a says as Diaz like puts his sword on, like gets <laughs> all ready and starts like getting all his equipment. And Strix is like on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, he still has a very poor grasp of what a gun actually is. Also, wasn't the gun destroyed? Uh, yeah, the, the gun that's Squidly and oh, yeah. uh, oh that's right. And, Paul and, remembers part way there. He's like. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this chat, I know. <laughs> 20 people have already said it. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, before I forget, um, I also I wanted to take time to identify those rings that I got off of Xanathar. Because okay. I had those from Xanathar and might help us if we're, yes. you know, yeah, there doing were th- something. There were three rings, correct? Yes. Okay, now, in order to identify them, you're going to need three pearls worth at least 100 gold pieces each. I can't just use my smarts? <laughs> nope. Oh, never mind. I just put them in my room and I'm like, get back to these later. Don't put them on, kids. <laughs> uh, Diath, are you going to don your badge or keep that? Hidden. Um, I have that on all the time, but I'm trying to figure out where on my person it'll be, like, stashed away. <laughs> that way, anytime I can, I can, like, do the whole flash thing. It's like, Diaz Woodrow, should you watch? <laughs> 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 like, I've got that, but it's, like, hidden okay. somewhere in my person. Got it. Yeah, but I'm equipped to it. I'm attuned to it, et cetera. Oh, yeah, there was a wand, too. Thank you. There was also a wand. I don't know what the wand was. Where'd you get that? There was a one. I don't remember where it was. Whatever. Strix lost it. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't we identify that and it was something Evelyn-like and then you broke it? No, that was a different one. That was the wand of conducting. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's gone. It's gone. If I forget it, Strix lost it. She's like, is this a stir soup? And it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So it doesn't take long for the coach to show up. 
and it, it bears you through the streets. Um, Warrington Munt has trouble fitting inside it, so he will just kind of hang on to the back. Good. So are we That'll be a fun scene. Are we sitting in the carriage, but all kind of at an angle because of the weight? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every, t- every time you hit a bump, you almost go headlong into Evelyn. <laughs> I'm getting super motion sick. Ugh. Just get bruises in our heads from Evelyn's armor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, yes, so you're going with all of your accoutrements with the hippo man hanging off the back. Uh, what instructions, if any, did you give the kids? Or are you bringing any of them with you, such as, say, did we, Simon? Did we drop them off at the babysitter, the, the neighbor? Oh, the elf, the elf gardener yeah. across the street? And the kids are like, no, please, anything. <laughs> We're like, kids, we're good. Okay. For your safety. Uh, I'm going to have somebody make a persuasion check to see if they can convince her to open up the door. Oh, no, I'll do it. No, Paulton, please. We, we, already, we already have a history. First roll of the new year. Uh, so that would be 21. All right. They open the door and let the kids in. <laughs> Is it like a thing where before I even say anything, they just slam the door? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we definitely lock the doors and uh, make sure that all of our wards are in place. Okay. And uh, make sure Waffles is safe. <laughs> I Do we bring Simon? Down. No, Simon is also a child. Oh, I forgot. Mm -hmm. Like, so after dropping the kids off, I go back to the carriage. It's like, okay. Actually, Simon would like to make a case to you, Paulton, that he should come along. uh, Because he has has spent a little bit of time with the Castellanters' two kids. And uh, maybe, and he says, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll tell me things about their parents that they wouldn't tell you. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, like, crouch down to him. I'm just like, all right, son, well, now you have to make what's called a persuasion. <laughs> I just did it, and it went Giving really him well. the talk right here, right now? <laughs> oh, my God. He has, to, he has to learn eventually. <laughs> <laughs> he rolls a 12. Paulton kind of, like, looks up and, like, considers. Like, I'll allow it. <laughs> Yay! We yeah. get back to the carriage, and I'm just like, okay, so the kids are in the house. Um, not sure if that was babysitting or abduction, but they're in <laughs> <laughs> And what the Waffle Crew doesn't know is there's like this half-orc assassin who actually lives there, too. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll see. Oh, yeah, that what, could, what could go wrong? Simon's <clears throat> coming with us. Yay! Yay! Yes, he'll hop in and sit between... Uh, D.F. and Paulton. All right. Great. Yes, uh, so you make your way along. Uh, wrist stick tricks your staff also. You have to kind of wedge it in at a certain angle to get it into the coach. So it's kind of like this now cross beam between That's you and, and everybody else. <laughs> she uh, doesn't transform it because it's funnier just to make it inconvenience for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, Castle Lantern Villa it has stark white walls and gleaming crimson roof and turrets that stand out even among the other residences in the Sea Ward. Uh, the three-story mansion lies in the midst of a picturesque uh, green garden dappled with hedges and um, water features. The estate is surrounded by a tall white brick wall 
with a single iron wrought gate at the entrance. And you can see the Castellanter family crest, a green Y overlapping a stylized goose being hand-fed, is emblazoned on the gate. Armored guards stand at attention on either side. Uh, but as the coach pulls up, the guards step forward to open the gate, to open the doors of the coach to lower the steps and to help you out as you will. Are there any real geese? Because Strix is looking for real geese. No, but uh, you do see crows flying around the right. rooftops and cupolas of the mansion. Okay, well, I'm going to throw them some snacks. Okay, they ignore them. Well... I shake my fist at them. <laughs> <laughs> Just silently strikes. It's like... <laughs> All right. Uh, the guards open up the gates uh, and allow you to proceed in toward uh, the main mansion. Uh, as you make your way uh, to the entrance, you can see... Oh, can I make a little point of detail, by the way? Mm, what's up? Uh, recently, when Evelyn was out at one of her many jaunts to the Spires, she met some new friends and they had a shopping day, and she came back with a new dress. Thanks, Girl Scouts Glory. <laughs> so she's wearing a nicer version of that sundress that she had that was super ratty that she got from the spa after her clothes were stolen. Right, yes. This one looks like a nicer, more appropriate, like, uh, paladin warrior wear, but fancy and embroidered and a dress. And she can wear her armor over that? Yeah. Okay. It's the it's like almost exactly the same as what she was wearing yeah. with that dress, but it looks more appropriate as opposed to this like random like resort wear that she had that she was wearing <laughs> underneath. Excellent. And uh, no one can tell but Evelyn. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can you see go, you can see beautifully sculpted topiaries um, uh, about in the in the yard. You can also see what appear to be uh, atriums and butterfly gardens with uh, all sorts of uh, beautifully colored butterflies fluttering around in the air. In fact, one probably lands on the brim of Strix's hat. Uh. Ah! <laughs> no, careful! I panic. Okay. <laughs> but you make it to the front door, and uh, there are these uh, knockers that kind of look like devilish faces. Yeah. Cool. Uh, big message being sent with these. So, <laughs> who wants to touch them? You're here. I'll just take my staff and just like lift one of them up with the point and like just clunk, clunk, clunk. <laughs> Wait, before we do that and go any further, <laughs> Evelyn, can yes? you? Yes. Do you have any sort of divine sense in here? Are you feeling any evil or fiends or the like? I oh, am. <laughs> I'm sensing a lot of hostility. <laughs> Coming from behind those doors. Hold on. Greg Lathander, please bestow upon me a sense of of your divinity and of my surroundings. And bless my friends, because I love them, and they're so sweet and so cute. And don't you love them too, Lathander? I know they love you too. And you're real nice, and thank you for the sunlight. Amen. Praise be. All right. And according to Divine Sense... It allows you to pick up celestials, fiends, and undead within 60 feet of you that is not behind total cover. Damn. Um, yeah, that's not how this works. Right, of course. Uh, can't I also use that to just sense good and evil nearby? I'll look that uh, up. Yeah. 
Not really. I'm death warding everyone while she's blathering. Okay, but even then, uh, even standing on the other side of this door, you can't read anything through the doors. Okay. Um, but you do sense the presence of multiple fiends. And they, yeah. you, tr- what's that? It does say, as an action, you can detect good and evil. Yeah. Where is that? Uh, I see. So is the function of detecting good and evil just knowing the location of any celestial fiend or undead? Um, so which ability are you looking at? Just so I'm... Divine sense. Okay. As an action, you can detect good and evil until the end of your next turn. You can sense anything affected by the hallow spell or know the location of any celestial fiend or undead within 60 feet that's not behind total cover, mm-hmm. which would be the door. Yeah. You can use this feature six times per long. Okay, I guess broadly you could say, yeah, you can just sort of sense the, the evil in the area. Um, okay. But um, I know I can't until I get inside, but I'm right, sensing. Yes, but you are sensing evil, and it tracks up to the crows that are circling around the top of the house. Evelyn shakes her fist at the crows now. <laughs> evil birds! Ah, yes. The ultimate sign when they circle lots of evil and bad things that want to kill us. We should go. Why are the birds evil? Can someone tell me why the birds are evil? They're detecting as fiends to you. You don't know why. They are fiends. I think I'm going to to kill them all. They didn't take my snacks. That's probably because they're evil and your snacks are delicious and good and sweet. Oh, well, that's nice. Well, let's just get... I, don't start killing random fiends. I, I feel like maybe that's why they're mad at us in the first place. Uh, maybe let's just... They could yeah, let's just belong. go. It's a good idea. They could belong to the Castle Lanterns themselves. Last thing we want to do is any kind of aggression towards them before we even arrive. All right, but afterwards, we're getting rid of these evil birds. Just... Everyone stay on your toes. Let's go in. All right, uh, Strix does her little trick to, uh, with the staff to get the knocker to clap down. The door opens soon thereafter, and you see a very tall, very thin, immaculately dressed tiefling, older tiefling gentleman. Uh, hey, demon people, this place is evil. Very, very. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, not you, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. You're good. <laughs> this, this sort of frightfully thin, lurch like um, tiefling glares down at you. Uh, you can see a pair of spectacles perched on his hawkish nose as he gazes at you, looks you all over and says, I'm sorry, we don't need our chimneys cleaned today. All right, sorry to bother you, sir. We'll just be back when it gets hot and dirty up here, we do. I was right. Simon says, how about your clock? Oh, good one. Uh... As Tiefling's like, what are you saying? You're not chimney sweepers. Uh, we all just kind of stand and be like, we were invited. We're here for dinner, I think. Uh, oh, you're them. Well, come on in. Them is us, that's for sure. I sure one time would just like not to, you know, maybe some enthusiasm when we show up somewhere. Not, oh, it's them, or oh no, here they come, or those are the people that burned my house down. Maybe I just see. something. She, he looks at you as you go by Strix as you're talking, and he just says, <laughs> I see you brought your own flies. I mean, there's a couple, but one, I mean, a really big one landed on me outside, and that one was yours. He closes the door behind you. Um, Run, stay close. I like talk to him, just like, so you like, do you just let anyone in who says they're invited? You know, that's like, 
Is there no like verification process or you know, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> do we even have any identification? Like do we have like water Davian IDs or something? No. 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 <laughs> uh well, if you so, do enough things, most people start to learn who you are. Simon will say, uh, is, Ter- is Terenzio and Elzarina home? Yes, they're upstairs with their nanny. I'm going to go see if, I'm going to see if, you know, I'm going to go say hi. Is it okay if I go say hi? Yeah, go play with your friends. Have fun, child Simon. <laughs> All right. And he, he'll run off between the legs of the tall tiefling and just run upstairs. Looking, looking for his two little friends. Maybe next time, Evil, don't call him Child Simon. <laughs> well, that's what he is, is. He's a child. You are absolutely correct, human Evelyn. <laughs> Thank you, friend Paulton human. <laughs> you are led into a room with two figures um, in it. One is a man who is playing a harpsichord. A somber tune on this golden harpsichord in a corner, standing not too far away by a large open bay window that looks out over the gardens, is a woman, uh, tall and willowy. Both the man and the woman are exquisitely dressed, immaculate in their attire, their hair beautifully coiffed. Um, the woman appears to be a human. The man appears to be a half-elf. You can see his ears have slight points to them. And as the tall tiefling introduces uh, or announces your presence, the man stops playing the harpsichord and turns to face you. And you see that he is a... Uh, he's got a, a short beard, neatly trimmed mustache, and sort of reddish copper-colored hair. Um, dark, darker complexion. The woman has got a little fan that she's just sort of waving in her face, because actually it is kind of a, a warm late spring day. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> the, the tiefling manservant leaves and closes the door behind him, leaving you alone with the couple. And the gentleman gets up out of the harpsichord, walks over to you, extends a hand to you, Diath, you can see there are gold rings on it. He's also, uh, he picks up a walking stick as he makes his way over to you. It seems to be more of an affectation than a need. He doesn't seem to have any problem walking, uh, but he carries himself with this stick, and it's made out of gold with a ruby tip. Right, it's a status symbol. Exactly. Does, it, does that seem familiar to me? Um, you, can make a religion, you can make a religion check if you dare. I sure am. Alton takes out his little walking stick, too. He's like, oh, yes. <laughs> his, little, uh, his raven, raven head cane. Yeah. Okay. Mm, yes. 23. Okay. Uh, you know that uh, the Lord of the Nine Hells, Asmodeus, is known to wield a scepter slash walking stick that has a ruby at its tip. I sure do. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to say anything yet, but... Cool. Uh, I'm going to, like, make eyes at everyone, and really, kind of obviously, though, because I'm really bad at that. It's like... (laughs) Hello, my name is Victoro Casalanta. Pleasure to meet you, at last. Strict, do you have something in your eye? Do you need... Oh, yeah, sorry. Our home is your home. 
please. And he gestures to a table, a large table. Dieth will uh, take his hand and shake it and just say, Dieth Woodrow. Evelyn curtsies very, like, with full etiquette because she comes from this noble background and knows exactly how to act in these fancy situations. Okay. Pleasure to be in your home. Thank you so much for inviting us. Alton, like, like does a little bow holding up on his cane. He's like, Paulton Seppa, pleasure to meet you, Mr. Jack-O-Lantern. Cat <laughs> <laughs> uh, Strix just stares and makes this face. <laughs> Casalanta. Victoro Casalanta. Yes, Zentarum Jackalina. <laughs> You're very funny. Yeah, funny people are necessary to this world. They should <laughs> live. <laughs> uh, you can see for the first time off in a corner. You didn't see. There's a third person in the room, sitting in a large, high-backed chair near a fireplace that is not lit. Um, look, just sort of thumbing through a book. Uh, he was in shadow before, but now that you can see him more clearly, he appears to be a man, a member of the city watch. Oh. Compared to Strahd von Cherovich, how fancy is the chair? It's, it's bigger in terms of its, its, its scale, is, but it doesn't have this sort of gothic uh, grandeur. It's a little bit more um, uh, stark. Uh, you know, size isn't everything, so... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Strix is going to gain a bit of courage for a second and sort of walk up to um, to him and, like, offer her hand to shake. Ah, you're the one who tried to rob my bank. Not technically me, uh, my company that I freelance for. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was just going to say, I've met someone that has a similar uh, cane as you do. Have you now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Asmodeus, the Lord of the Nine Hells. Uh, they, the, hu- the husband and wife look at each other and uh, smile, and uh, she says, we are well acquainted with him. Oh, us too, unfortunately. Or fortunately. It seems like it's I mean, it fortunately depends. for you. We wouldn't want to be rude if they're like, if you're family or anything. <laughs> He's literally a lord of the nine hells, Evelyn. <laughs> uh, he, Victoro says, has there ever been a man so misunderstood? I see that this is going to go great. Uh, and uh, she says, she smiles and says, we have been following his work for some time and have found him to be extremely generous, kind-hearted, oh, very giving to those he considers to be important and in his circle. Mm-hmm. He is not someone to fear. Oh, no. was kind of instrumental in your adoption, right, Strix? I mean, yeah, but... Yes, yes, and there is no but. The oh, greatest evil so. of all much time. So much. Are you possessed? Oh, <laughs> yes. But, but what is evil? I mean, really. I mean, evil is, is evil and I think evil is a good. matter of perspective. I know? agree. Uh, I, speaking of that... Uh, can you before, I, before you label any of us evil. Oh, no labels here. We're a label-free zone. This is a safe space. Fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn, am I right? Correct. Pleased to meet you. Pleased to meet you as well, my dear. Uh, so, uh, you'll be pleased to hear that 
We have made several generous donations to your temple over the years and provided more than abundant supply of gold to ensure the future of said temple and the personages within. You can ask when you get back to ask your temple superiors just how generous we have been over the years. That's lovely. That I think generally nice. when, wow. when you make a generous gift... I'm particularly pleased with how you run your orphanage programs. Children are our future, after all. That is so true. I completely agree. Well, at uh, least we can agree on that. Evelyn, like, keeps opening her mouth to, like, comment or say something, <laughs> and he keeps just adding, and she keeps being like, well, yes, of course. <laughs> I, 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 well, absolutely. I, and she just starts looking, like, really, like, uh, and she looks at Diaz, like, help! <laughs> Perhaps we can dispense with these customary pleasantries, says, uh... Lady Castellanter, and get down to why we've called you here. That would be nice. Yeah, we're most uh, curious yes. about that. Yes. The discussion, the we, conversation we we're having. Already inconvenienced them enough, Victoro. And he says, quite right, quite right. But seriously, though, if you'd like to know more about Asmodeus and his good deeds, I'd be. Then he looks at his wife and then looks back at you, more than pleased to talk about it. Maybe another time. That would be a fascinating conversation to have, I'm sure. Yeah, or if you got like a wiki link or something, we can check that out when we get home. Like, yes. yeah. I'm good. Under the circumstances, you might be wondering why we're not trying to kill you, given that you stole a very important book that belonged to a friend of ours and tried to rob our bank. Oh, that book. Your friend was the, the uh, evil one. Like you're, so There's you're not that word again. It's like, so so uh, you said n- not trying to kill us it is what is said, correct? Victoro says, well, even if we wanted to, I'm afraid we can't. That's right. Well, that's all I need. Why can't no, no, you? No questions here. <laughs> because, uh, well, you should know that I am a devotee of the Lord of the Nine Hells. I'm not, not generally something I'm willing to admit openly. And he he looks at the captain in the chair over there, and he looks back to you. Uh, But just between us, I don't think there should be any secrets, particularly given how much we know about each other. Now, some years ago, our family, powerful as we have become, did fall on hard times. We had made a few too many enemies, and our fortunes turned ill. So it was through the good grace of Asmodeus that we were able to get back on our feet, as it were. But contracts signed, deals made, all of that, and we find ourselves in a difficult position, one which you can help extricate us from, in exchange for which we can come to an amicable negotiation where we all stand to benefit. Before I go further, let me tell you what it is that we're after. Uh And he gestures you over toward the window. Whereupon you can look out over the sort of gardens and see playing and running amidst the maze work of bushes and butterflies are two young children maybe eight, nine years old, a girl and a boy, brother and sister. You've met them before. 
They drop by the Waffle House to buy some pastries with their nanny. In fact, you can see their tiefling nanny standing off at a cor- or sorry, sitting on a stone carved bench in a corner of the gardens, knitting, but watching them closely like a hawk. Uh, you can still see she's got needles in her hair and she's wearing a, a kimono, a different colored kimono than the one you saw her in last. Uh, but she is watching them very mindfully. Oh, you want us to help you find the true meaning of family. I got you. It's very important. Oh, we're good at that. And uh, she says, we've watched you closely or received reports, uh, frequent reports from our spies. Uh, But we don't need help in that regard, but we do need help with our family. We, the contract that we made, could spell doom for those two children. But there is a section of the contract, a buyout clause. If we can secure enough funds we can buy ourselves out of the contract and free our children from a terrible fate. For that, we need the gold that Lord Never Ember has sequestered away that we recently have come to learn about. Yes, you see, we can put up a tremendous amount ourselves. We run a successful banking business and a number of other mercantile endeavors, but we only achieve half of what we need. To secure our children's future, and the future of our family, we need to obtain more gold. And we believe that you are the ones to find it. In fact, Asmodeus has told us that you will be instrumental in securing it. Moreover, he has said, confided in me, that as important as we are as a family to him, you are more important to him than us. Well, that's great. Um, reference is checked out. I'd like to die, but that's okay. I think, uh, I've... (laughs) He has told us in no uncertain terms that we are to make amends and reach some sort of accord, a mutually beneficial one. And so here we are. Before we proceed any further, I should show you what will befall our children should we not come to some agreement. If you'll follow me. Yeah, just, uh, so you said you only have half the gold. So, do you get to, like, keep one? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Amalia says, Lady of Castle says, that thought has not crossed our mind until now. Mm. And I don't think we would give it serious consideration. Terenzio and Elzarina are both worth saving. Oh, I, I absolutely. Just, you know, weigh all options. Before we take our leave of this room, allow me to present to you Captain Karkaroka. And the man stands up in the chair. And, Diath, you've heard the name. There is a Captain yeah. Karkaroka on the City Watch. He is a kind of a young, uh, ambitious, up-and-coming uh, figure in the City Watch, seen as potential future commander material. Uh, and uh, so he's pretty highfalutin. When you look at him, he's, he's probably about 10 years older than you look. And 
very important. Uh, he's, he's dressed in his city watch attire. And uh, he is also a member of our inner circle. Bon, like, tries to introduce himself, like, attempts. He's just like, pleasure to meet you, Captain Club. Karkaroka. Captain Kukamanga. Ah. Karkaroka. Hmm. Kukaracha. There it is. <laughs> He's like, got it, got it. Right. So, I, do, uh, I think that word means what you think it means. Yeah. Chris, well, the, the, the City Watch badge that I had obtained from... Mm-hmm. Um, The open lore. Uh, yeah, layer several hand and all that. Mm-hmm. So I, this, I'm still like almost a uh, secret uh, city watch person, so I'm not like well known within the, their organization or anything. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. And Victorio turns to you and says, "If you like, he can join us to make sure you know everything stays on the up and up, or I can ask him to remain here." Well, he can come. And uh, he will. Uh, so you're led through the house. As you make your way from room to room to the stairs, and you get uh, to the bottom of the stairs, about halfway up this curling staircase, you see a big giant portrait of the Castellanter family that consists of Lord and Lady Castellanter, much as they stand before you now. Uh, two young children, much like you, the ones you just saw outside playing. And a third child, older, teenager perhaps, a young man um, seems to blend the features of his father and his mother quite nicely, quite handsomely, um, uh, standing among them, a member of the family you haven't yet met. And as you are waltzed up the stairs, you get this sort of sense of impending dread that you are about to meet this fifth member of the Castellanter family. And Evelyn, your divine sense starts to go crazy with every step you take, climbing higher and higher and higher up into this house. Did, has it been set off at all by the Castellanters we've met? I've been meaning to ask. No. So they haven't seemed like super evil to her? Not, not in some sort of fiendish super meta way, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she, every step she's like, um, guys, mm. I'm not feeling so super good about this plan, things feel pretty, pretty evil up there. I know evil's kind of a no-no word right now, but just like pretty darn evil. Oh, so na- now we're not sure. Uh, the Castle Enters will sort of stop and turn, and Amalia, Lady Castle Enter, will say, you're not wrong. There is great evil in this house, and we have it locked in the attic. And you're gonna come, sh- you're taking us to see the great evil? Yes. And now, what purpose? so that you can understand exactly what will happen to our other two children if we do not get out now, of this contract. But what if we didn't? I just need to give a little disclaimer that as a humble servant of our Lord of Light, Lathander, it is very tempting for me when I see a great evil to dispatch it. And if uh, we are to see a great evil that I am not supposed to dispatch then we need to discuss this preemptively. Right. You will quickly realize that this particular evil, great though it may be, has been contained. 
a great well, as ex- long as it- a great expense, I might add. Okay, and as long as it's not like some kind of possessed evil kid or something, then you know I think we'll be. Oh yeah, to- I mean it couldn't be that. <laughs> that would yeah, that'd, be silly. that'd be rough. Yeah. That would ruin my Tuesday. <laughs> and they will carry on with the captain following. Um, when you get up to the attic, you. Even as the door is opening, you start to hear rattling chains. And in the dark, sepulchral vastness of this villa's great attic, you see a mound. Uh, it almost, at first, looks like a, almost like a big, giant, thick web, like a cocoon in the middle of the attic, but then you realize it's all just chains, and that the chains begin to unwind and curl and take on a life of their own, clattering and rattling as they do. And uh, Lady Castle Lantern will go over to the side and light a lantern so that there's a bit of uh, light to cast upon this figure. And as it shines upon the creature, you see something just hideous and vile and not to be found in the natural world. It looks like a vaguely humanoid creature completely wrapped up in spiky chains, except you can see thick, veiny arms, legs, dark sort of charcoal-colored skin through a couple gaps in the chains and see that its eyes are glowing red. Its maw is just is full of all of these black teeth and it seems to have the power to contort and shape the chains that, bar- that bind it. it to a limited extent, but it is actually sort of being lashed by its own chains to the rafters and beams of this attic in such a pose that it can't really move much at all. But as soon as that light shines upon them and the castle enters get in, you know, move a little bit closer to it, it goes crazy and starts to tear itself, like want to tear itself free, but can't. You can see on the floor around it, inscribed into the wood, are all of these infernal ruins arrayed in kind of like a spiral or a circle. And they flare with orange power each time the creature tries to break free. Cool. This is our son, Osvaldo says Lord Castellanter. He was of age to be taken immediately when the contract was signed. Taken? To the Nine Hells and turned into the chitin you see before you. Why? That was the deal we struck. Why? Why would you strike a deal like that with your children? Because it would have destroyed our family and our reputation. Surprised? Well, imagine being in our position then, what we were, the insurmountable obstacles we were facing for our survival. What possible obstacle could make you agree to let your children be punished this way? Is there anywhere I can throw up? Oh, yeah. There's lots of places. Okay, I'm going to go throw up in a, in a dead potted plant. Let me know if you find any place. In hindsight, it was too great a sacrifice 
We realized too late, of course. Too late to save Osvaldo, but not too late to save Terenzio and Elzarina. If we don't fulfill the terms of the contract, this is what they will become. So it was an evil possessed. Ooh. Cool. You would make such a contract and deal with Asmodeus himself. And yeah, still, you know, because guy. we made a contract too, or I did. Right. Still, great guy, of course. We're not saying anything. Very generous, but just Jesus Christ, what what is happening? I don't know, but there's probably a million things on the contract that we didn't know about. So if I get all this correct. You're seeking Lord Neverember's Never gold to help pay off your debt because Asmodeus needs money? No. You see, the currency of the Nine Hells are souls. Osvaldo's soul was taken, and this is what was left. Then what's he need the money for? So you need to buy back his soul? The money is to some, to a to a being as mighty as Asmodeus and generous generous, Mm -hmm. with his time and his attention as Asmodeus. The money is not the thing. It's the deal. We're going to need to know more details about this contract and this ruination you faced and why you made it and what it exactly says because we're not just going to go on some errand to get some money to buy back a soul for people that made a deal to sacrifice their own children for their reputation? Evelyn's like disgusted by this. She's she like, says, he's, uh, Lady Castellander says, it's not simply the reputation. I don't know how much you're aware of this, but were it not for houses such as ours and the business and the money that we bring into the city, Waterdeep would be nothing but a muddy cesspool, no better than Luskin or any of these other inconsequential burgs. It is the nobility that sustains this city. This makes Evelyn look even more disgusted. Like, it's the nobility that is so important. Evelyn's face is just like, ugh, like, bleh. Well, <laughs> much I'd hate to see it, Evelyn. She's right on that one. Right about what? That you should sacrifice children so that the nobility can keep the city no, afloat? That it's nobility that and their money that makes Waterdeep what it is. Yeah. So I mean, what? It's so what if Waterdeep this- is anything if children are sacrificed like this? Oops. Sacrificing children. Sore spot. Uh, if we help. If we help. Can do we still have the ability to to do everything else that we? I, I feel like we owe a lot of things to a lot of people right now. We might have a waiting a wait list. You see, the Lord and Lady Castellanter sort of clasp hands. <sighs> we, I mean, we when we have to help them. It's. I- their son, their son, roaring behind them, screaming in infernal, all kinds of epithets. And I'm understanding those. Yes. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's probably awful. Yes. What's he saying, Strix? Yeah, he's just, well, it's not. 
Please, yeah, I don't want to repeat it. He is recounting in grisly detail all the things he's going to do to his parents and this house and the city and everybody once he breaks free of these magical wards. Mm. I just, it's not great. It's not great. A lot of revenge. Here's, I I have a question. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You've, whatever deal you've made with Asmodeus put your own child into whatever this state of being is now and threatens the lives of your two other children and you want us to help you rectify that, what could you possibly offer us in return that would even equate to the sheer weight of of your sins? Well, that's why we're all here, is to discuss that very thing. What is it that we can give to you that you would consider to be recompense for the time and effort that you must undertake to see the gold safely delivered into our care? Well, first of all, it's probably a given that if this all goes according to plan, you guys get better with your parenting because that is that is not good family practice you know it should take some parenting courses for sure absolutely you need to you need to not just you know play around with their lives like that that's that's not yours to mess around with and speaking of which i will uh be right back and i'm gonna go look for simon (laughs) 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 all right Fulton disappears Evelyn quotes a scripture, something like, it, it is said that though one may be great evil, great good can come from the will of Lathander. And it sounds like you have been dedicated to the orphanage program here in Waterdeep. And although you have done dare I say, a terrible job of caring for your own children. Money can go a long way in helping the servants of Lathander care for many other children. So I, I, I hate to put such value on money, but if money is what you have, then I feel like funding the orphanage program into perpetuity as a tenant of your, of your house may be something appropriate here. She, she says, yes, yes, that's, that is a very good point. Perhaps, too, we can do something to help your temple. I mean, I think that sounds great. But <clears throat> I feel like responding in kind is making sure that more children don't suffer at the hands of poor caretakers. What, what do you have in mind for the temple? She says, the, uh, she looks at her husband and says, it, it's been a while since we visited there, but I understand that they've been doing some renovations. Perhaps we can um, help them find skilled artisans. Perhaps we can provide uh, secure banking services for their funds? Well, if you go there, uh, 
I normally would recommend all of their, you know, they've got these small groups for parents, you know, uh, like, you know, Sunday schools and stuff. I would totally recommend you go to that. But things have been a little, uh, the theology has been a little shifted lately. And I'm just uh, not super sure exactly the doctrine that they're teaching right now. So I would say just go make sure that you talk to, um, dang it, I forgot the new Radiance lady's name. <laughs> Your favorite name. Why Why can't it happen in my dream? <laughs> Talastin Aragon. Yeah. Yeah. Ta- be sure to talk to Talastin Aragon. She could definitely help you make amends and also learn the will of Lathander. Maybe you could become servants of Lathander instead of Asmodeus. And you could learn the, the wonder that it is to stand in his great light. Doesn't that sound amazing? What else did you have in mind? <laughs> <laughs> She says, we're very well connected th- with various guilds in the city. If you are ever having issues with one of the guilds, we can help smooth that over. If there were, say, a um, somewhat secretly nefarious incorporation run by someone that I don't like, would it be possible just to get that whole thing completely dismantled? Oh, yes, that won't be difficult at all. Ah, oh, that's tempting. <laughs> <laughs> Can I find Simon before negotiations Wait, yeah. end? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Just roll, roll a d20 for me. Okay. That's uh, 12. Okay. You find yourself um, in, as you're, as you're stumbling around the house looking for Simon, uh, are you calling out his name or just kind of quietly moving about the house? Simon! Okay. <laughs> Simon! All right. Uh, Simon! 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 You, 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 you run down some stairs into an elegant ballroom uh, that contains a polished marble floor with a dazzling mosaic that depicts a silver chalice with the image of a golden sun on its outside. And you see gilded mirrors and handsome tapestries festooning the walls. Along one wall, you also see windows with crimson drapes stretching from floor to ceiling. And standing in the middle of the room is an eerie, human-sized wood and cloth mannequin with a painted face, dressed like a ballroom dancer. Well, don't want anything to do with that. Simon! Uh, Yes, you... Uh, you continue to uh, bolt your way through. You can see uh, you enter a smoking room. There, are some, there is a guard in House Castellanter livery standing there. Uh, he doesn't address you in any way, shape, or form or make eye contact with you, except you, unless you go over and poke him. Uh, you can see regal portraits adorning the walls. You can also see uh, some of these portraits rest on fancy easels in various corners and other spots, fine armchairs, uh, the scent of pipe weed hanging in the air. The portraits. While I'm, like, while I'm like exploring, looking for Simon, I'm also taking notes for like home renovations. Like nice. Simon. Oh like, yes, oh, yes. Okay. All right, cool. Oh, that would look good in the, in the living room. All right, cool. Simon, time to go. <laughs> All right. Uh, he hasn't responded to you in like the first ten minutes of searching the house. You do occasionally come across other guards stationed in other spots in the house. They, too, do not address you as you're running around looking for him frantically. Still nothing? Not yet. Um, but I'd like roll another d20. Well, I was going to say, can I uh, cast Locate Creature? You sure can. All right, I'm going to do that. That would be much easier. 
Yoink. All right. That spell leads you down to the ground floor into what appears to be a private library. Uh, The scent of old parchment hangs thick in the air. The walls are lined with tall shelves packed with colorful leather-bound books. Each bookshelf is outfitted with a ladder on a rolling track. Uh, You can see uh, shelves that take up an entire wall that don't hold books but seem to hold Dozens of wide-necked glass bottles filled with swirling mist and sealed with corks. Hanging on a wall between two bookshelves, you also see a seven-foot-tall portrait of Lord and Lady Castellanter holding two infant children and standing beside their young son, who you just met upstairs. I see, Um, I look at the portrait, I see kids, it's like, oh, they're screwed. Um. uh, And you notice immediately, uh, actually make make a perception check. Before I actually look around, I enter, and the first thing that catches my eye is that sliding ladder. I'm yes. just like, oh. Wee! I just, like, slide, see how far down the shelves I can go. Oh, you can go, like, all the way around one whole side of the room, practically. Just <laughs> It's also, like, one arm out. Yeah. Just, like, with the big open smile, just, ah. <laughs> like, a, like, I'm just like, I finally get to be a princess. Nice, nice. And then uh, I will do whatever it is. Yep. And, um... So it was a perception? Uh, yes. Okay. That's five. Okay, that's an at 20. Nice. You're (laughs) guided by your spell. You are led to the portrait of Lord and Lady Castellanter and realize that it can be opened on one side, that it appears to actually be a secret door. Okay. And that's where your spell is leading you. Well, then I'm gonna open that portrait. Okay. Yes. Uh, As you... uh, As it swings open on hidden hinges, you can see a chamber beyond with a spiral staircase dominating it, leading down. God, I just wanted to find my son. <laughs> and so you are. So All you right. are. Nothing is easy. The farther into this house I go, I'm just like, okay. All right. Yep. Seems about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, this spiral staircase seem, would definitely seem to now go underground. Mm. Uh, the stonework changes uh, and becomes the, these sort of mortared stones. Uh, as you descend deeply into this dank pit. As I'm going down the stairs, I'm just, like, muttering to myself, complaining, like, oh, secret portrait door. I mean, you know, Ravenloft had an organ, but yeah, portrait's cool, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) What are the rest of you doing while uh, Paulton is descending into the bowels of the earth? (laughs) I believe we're still in the middle of negotiations. Yes. Yeah, and... I think that, like, we probably recognize that Paulton might want to have a say in this. So I believe this becomes probably like a brainstorming session. Like, oh, and maybe you can help us with this. And oh, what about that? And like, we just start like popcorn throwing yeah. ideas at them of all the possible things. Yeah, and Strix is like, dear, how do you feel about our canaloths, huh? Right. <laughs> what, you, what you quickly discover in interacting with Lord and Lady Castellanter is they, ha- they put, whether they're putting on airs or they actually believe it to be true, they, none of, nothing that you say seems to be beyond their grasp. 
They, they immediately believe that it's something that they can deal with fairly quickly. They, are, they, they, they claim to have gr uh, great connections throughout the city. The watch captain who's standing next to you doesn't discount anything that they're saying. They tell you that they know people who know people. They know people who... Uh, they, they know how to basically get whatever they want from anybody they want in the city. Can I insight check them for that? You sure can. I would like to see. Oh, that's not bad. Hold on. Uh, that's a that's an eighteen. Okay, you've kind of seen or or heard this behavior described before. It, there's there's definitely narcissism at play here, <laughs> but it's more than that. You think that they probably are extremely well connected, and if they are Asmodeus worshippers, they probably have something on a lot of people in the city and can basically call in favors based on that. All right. Or you would not be surprised if there's, like, a fairly large contingent of Asmodeus worshipping people in the city, and they're part of it. You, you get the sense that they're connected to something. Okay. Um, could I... Oh, no, this is a bad idea. I was thinking that... Could I just sort of try and play my hand as, like... I've met Asmodeus and like try and convince them like to that to not like mess with us. Uh, sure. How would you like to do that? Uh, probably really poorly. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, uh, he's my dad. <laughs> uh, they they will look at you <laughs> with with some skepticism. <laughs> I'm just, like, looking at, like, Evil and Dean. And, like, and, eh. and Victoria will say, what prompted you to bring that up? I just, I just don't want you to kill us. We can't. Not even if we wanted to. And I told you before, I've spoken to Asmodeus in prayer, and he has gotten one of the rare occasions when he's spoken back and says, no harm shall befall you. You are very important to him. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's worse or better, but all right. He's not my dad. But I just, yes, I feel know. like... <laughs> So technically, you guys are kind of supposed to protect us from any and all threats then, huh? They look at each other and they say, I believe that was part of Asmodeus's wish. I mean... Oh. I don't, Evelyn! <laughs> they're, I guess not, it, they're, not here, they're not here to threaten you, and they're not going to do anything that would go against the wishes of Asmodeus. I bet no. they're good at locating people. Dieth, weren't you looking for someone? We certainly wouldn't have brought you up here if we didn't <laughs> trust you completely. Someone with a, a coin with the moss on it? No, I don't think so. Are you sure? <laughs> Wasn't there, there was something about like a coin and moss? <laughs> I'm sure they can help you find anyone that we might need to kill. Yeah. Does that ring a bell to you guys, oh, Castle Lanterns? <laughs> <laughs> they're so bad right now. We can flip back to Paulton. Yeah. <laughs> Paulton. He's like, hope I'm not missing anything important. Yeah. Paulton, you come to, the stairs come to a room. Uh, uh, they descend down into the middle of a room that stretches off in both directions. Uh, when you come down the bottom of the stairs, there's like a, a hallway behind you. There's a hallway ahead of you with doors that look like cell doors. Um, iron with little barred windows set into them. Uh, that way, where the doors are, seems to be a dead end, just like a little cell block. But the way behind you, uh, 
you can hear what sounds like chanting. Oh, good. Um, is the, is the chanting uh, childlike and singular? Uh, no, it is adult voices speaking a language you probably don't know. Um, it, it, some sort of uh, prayer or spoken hymn. I swear to God. And okay. uh, they, sound, they sound like multiples, yes. It's like if Simon, in the ten minutes I don't watch him, joined a cult. <laughs> okay. That's some good parenting right there. Yeah. <laughs> Number one concern about parents. <laughs> I look away for a second. <laughs> it's like, all right, add that to the list of warnings. Yeah. All right. Yes. Can I, like, try and peek in and see if he's there? Well, the it's even though you can hear the chanting, it sounds like it's a fair distance away. But as you head in that direction, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you can see that... Uh, you follow the hallway, it bends, it sort of bends again, and then it sort of scrunches down and narrows. And the, the torch sconces on the walls do have torches burning in them, although they're kind of burning down now. They're kind of sputtering and worn out. The torch holders look like clawed hands sticking out of the walls. And cool. you come to what appears to be a stone balcony on one side of a large temple complex, an underground temple with great pillars supporting its cathedral-like ceiling. The whole affair is underground. Um, so it's this giant vaulted chamber and you're on this upper balcony. About 15 feet across from this balcony is the opposite balcony on the other side of the cathedral. There is nothing connecting these two balconies to one another, but they appear to have exits leading off of them. So if you wanted to get to that other balcony, you'd have to somehow cross this open expanse of about a 15-foot gap. But below you is where the sounds are coming from. And uh, as you peer down into the cathedral, toward one end, you see some red-robed worshippers gathered around the foot of a very large statue that you can only see part of, but it seems to have a fiendish countenance. Oh, this is a weird party. Do I see Simon yet? It's like, please, please don't. Maybe he's already leading the cult. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 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 you peer down, and yes... Uh, you can see that uh, that Simon is standing amid them. Uh, one of the robed figures kind of has a a hand resting on Simon's shoulder, and uh, Simon's just sort of standing there with you know you can't see you're kind of only looking at the back of him, um, but he's he's sort of either been led into or swept into this. Thing this, this hap- that's happening. Uh, you can see that the figures wear masks over their faces, um, it, this sort of weird, creepy fet that they're engaged in. And they're passing around a goblet, which you hope contains wine, but you're not oh, sure. God. No, 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 no. And there are, there are um, eight of these robed individuals. I need you to make a perception check. Okay. 
leave. It's like, yep, left them alone for 10 minutes, join a cult. That is a 17. Okay, um, you can hear something coming from the direction you came, basically following you in a way that seems to be where it's armored, whatever it is. Heavy footfalls, clank, 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 clank. Up, uh, Making invisible. its way toward you. <laughs> All right. Okay. 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 A figure comes out onto the same stone balcony that you're on. This creature, although it looks humanoid, has kind of purplish skin. It stands about six foot five and has fiendish features. The most grisly thing, aside from the kind of infernal armor that it wears, is sprouting from its face and chin is a beard of snakes. And it brandishes a halberd that seems to just drip blood. And it comes out onto the balcony and just looks around like it's expecting to find trouble. Just invisibly, like... (laughs) (laughs) Sidling around him. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Mm. Cool. Did I see, like, maybe a way down? Or was it just balcony? So, basically balcony drop, but there are pillars underneath the balcony to hold it up. So you could basically drop, come over the railing of a balcony and then kind of scale down one of the pillars. That would be some kind of some kind of check, huh? Yeah. As you consider doing that, this creature, not seeing anything, just sort of stops and then kind of just starts waving his weapon around. Good. I, I'd like to duck. <laughs> doing it very slowly, deliberately, uh, as as you duck and make your way over to the edge of the balcony. Just make a stealth check to see if you can conceal your sounds as well as your sight. Okay. You have a, yeah. I'll give you advantage. Cool. Because there's chanting and other okay. noise Thank about. You. Okay, definitely needed that advantage. Uh, okay, that's okay. Uh, that's a 21. You're able to skirt around this devilish creature, get to the edge of the balcony with it not being aware of your present location. And currently it's sort of off in another part of the balcony, just sort of moving its blade around slowly. Like the first blade, like, got this close. I'm just like... (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll try and climb my way down then. Okay, make an athletics check. Athletics. Athletics? Oh, I was hoping to... Acrobatics down like a fancy man. Same. Uh, oh, wait. That's okay. Uh, 15? Okay, that's good enough. <gasps> yes. So you are now down on the main floor of the cathedral, about 30 feet behind the, uh, the convocation, uh, who have gathered around what appears to be a fiendish statue if it's of Asmodeus, it's sort of a ghastly, evil representation of him. More monstrous than human. Okay, cool. Um... And they're, they're too entranced with their wine drinking and chanting to see in the dark recesses of the cathedral behind them the lone figure hiding behind a pillar. Mm, that is also invisible. Yes. Um... 
There is also uh, near the foot of the Asmodeus statue a golden brazier, quite large and round, almost looks like a big oversized goblet coming up of the floor. Um, there doesn't, you don't know, you know, there's nothing in it that you can see. Okay. Well. <gasps> oh, and from your vantage point, you can see in one corner of the cathedral an open door, almost like a little antechamber, a closet door that's been pulled open, and beyond you see shelves and shelves of wine. Ah, oh, of course. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Got him. <laughs> Simon, wine. Simon, wine. Simon, wine. Paul and Caesar wine is just, oh, God damn it, Perkins. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's all right. We have a big hoard at home. That's noted. We're safe here, so I need to feed. I'm, I need, I want to try, is Simon's like, well, it doesn't matter if it's back, his back is to me because he can't see me. Right. And I don't have a way to, how many are there? There are eight. Oh. Cult, eight of these cultists. Interesting. Okay, I want to try and sneak up and tap Simon on the shoulder. <laughs> like, like below the, the sounds of the chanting, just like whisper, be like, Simon, let's go. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not going to have you make a stealth check because the chanting is pretty loud. Uh, and you can easily slip and wend your way up to him to tap him on the shoulder. Um, let me just check something very quickly here. And you've probably heard Tristrix cursing enough in Infernal to know that that's what they're actually chanting in. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Probably while she's baking, yeah. not chanting. <laughs> fair, fair, yes. Uh, you can see that the figure who's got its hand on... Um, Simon's shoulder is a, a female tiefling. Um, you haven't seen her before. And okay. she's, she's also wearing the mask and the red-robed regalia of the cult. Uh, so uh, when you tap Simon on the shoulder, he doesn't jerk or exhibit any tremendous amount of surprise and you say, we got to get out of here or something like that? Mm-hmm. Just, okay. Come on, it's time to go. Dad, is that you? I, sorry, I can't leave right now. I'm joining a cult. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and the tiefling woman says, who are you talking to, my dear? Oh, it's my dad. He's standing invisible right behind me. Simon! <laughs> I just, I break invisibility. I'm just like, hi. Lovely establishment. <laughs> Everybody just stops chanting. There's like a wine goblet that's been passed around. One guy just sort of holds it and... Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Um, Drop my son off at, you know, daycare (laughs) here. Not sure how he found his way down. But um, uh, I just wanted to, you know, collect him. You know, praise be to Asmodeus and, you know, head on home. The tiefling woman says... The boy found his way down here and is one of us now. 
That's and I, you know what? I'm so happy for him. Yeah. I never wanted to like sway whatever he tries to like identify with and things like that. Um, and you know, whatever he wants to believe, that's great. You know, totally progressive. Uh, he just can't stay here. He can't live here. So I'm just gonna him with me <laughs> when I okay. <laughs> Make a persuasion check, a very, very important one. Yes, absolutely. Uh, 23. Okay. Um, she will kneel down to Simon's level and say, My dear, did you want to go with him? Or did you want to stay with me? And uh, he turns to her. And he looks back at you, and he turns back to her. Turn back. Turn back. And he has to make a saving throw. (gasps) How dare! He breaks the charm on him. (gasps) Good boy! (laughs) Tears free of her grip, and says, and and. And says, you're all not very nice. Did I? You cast a spell on me. Well, that answers that. (laughs) (laughs) I look up at her, I'm just like, you did what to my son now? Uh, The tiefling woman's like, it's just a little charm spell. It's like, hmm. Well, it would be much more unfortunate if we were, uh, you know, guests in this house and uh, were you know, requested by Asmodeus, uh, because otherwise he'd probably be hearing about this. Wouldn't that be unfortunate? Uh, they, they instinctively sort of turn their heads toward the statue, um, and uh, you see the statue's brow <laughs> actually change. <laughs> and they throw themselves down upon the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the wine chalice clatters across the floor and rolls over to you. See, it's a beautiful gold chalice. Waste of wine, one of the mightiest of sins. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they begin to tremble and quiver on the floor. Now, just don't let it happen again. This, this whole thing has taken too many children. You don't need any more, Okay. You just stay down here, you sing your nice little song, and I'm gonna go back up where the grown-ups are negotiating, okay? All right, and you, you sort of take Simon and uh, walk him away, leaving them trembling on the floor, mm-hmm. at which point the snake, a snake-bearded devil uh, leaps down off the balcony in front of you. <laughs> Roll initiative. Excuse me? The cultists better defend you at this point. I'm just saying. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Fine. Let's roll. And that would be a 17. Okay. Uh, You won the initiative. What would you like to do? I turn back to the cult. I'm just like, my loyal followers. <laughs> Attack. <laughs> and I will cast mass suggestion. Oh, no! 
do it. <laughs> oh, the moral <laughs> ambiguity. <laughs> Big snake man's trying to kill me and they're listening. All right. Um, uh, so every one of them, except the tiefling woman, succumbs to your spell, pulls out a dagger and charges the snake bearded fiend. And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I turned to her, it's like, wait, is, is, like, is he bad? He wants to fight me. Why does he want to, should not? Like, who is that? Uh, yeah, and so they come at him. Uh, I'm going to have them act right away. Okay. And they, they will make uh, attacks with their daggers against him. Um, and actually, several of them are able to hit him, but you realize that their, their daggers, while they are drawing blood from his devilish flesh, don't seem to be penetrating that flesh very deeply. Like he seems supernaturally resistant to their non-magical weapons. And as soon as ah. he's accosted, uh, he starts to retaliate in kind and with uh, a swing of his glaive decapitates one of the cultists. For the greater evil. Yep. And then uh, comes at the other one with his nest of snaky beard stuff and those snakes start to bite into the flesh of a second cultist. Oh, that's kind of cool though. Yep. What do you do on your next turn? Now that you've turned First, the cultists against this devil guard. I'm going to turn to the teeth and be like, so, um, who is that? And there's like death screams. <laughs> uh, it, uh, it's one of the temple defenders. Oh, okay. I'm going to, if I can, I'm going to tell the cultists to stand down. Okay. I'm going to ask the defender, be like, I'm sorry, I thought you were someone else. <laughs> I wish no more harm on you. Okay. Please. The rest of you upstairs, um, the castle enters are kind of tired of their uh, kite and son screaming at them, so they take you to a quieter place in the house. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I, I still had questions that I wanted to ask. And you can see they're, they're profoundly disturbed by that encounter. They're, they're both shaken. Well, I'm glad there's at least sense of guilt in them somewhere. <clears throat> uh, so before, I feel like before we even try to discuss or even solidify or agree upon what we, they could possibly do for us, there's still a lot more details about what they want from us that we should probably figure out. She, uh, Victoria says, I'm glad you asked. So, we have heard through our contacts that in order to find where the gold is kept, we need a device called the Stone of Golor. It is a magic item. I'm sure you're acquainted with it. We know that this item is currently in the hands of a noblewoman named Esvale Rajnar, who has gone into hiding. However, we believe that she is going, she is planning through a proxy to auction off the stone in a matter of days. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we will secure an invitation to said auction. We will also ensure that you receive an invitation to the auction as well, if mm -hmm. she doesn't send one to you. Oh, 
Oh, she will. She loves Dia. Our first order of business. That's good to know. Thank you. Our first order of business is to get the stone, which will reveal to us where the gold is kept. That auction is the key. If you will join us at that event, we'll consider that first step toward this new alliance. <clears throat> and so should we arrive at this auction, are you planning on winning the auction yourselves to obtain the stone with your money? By any means necessary. Right. In a, by the rules of the auction. Exactly. Good. And then what? You hand the stone off to us so that we can try to use this to discover where Lord Never Ember's gold is. Yes. And then help us secure it. We are aware that there are other factions in the city. You have come into contact with them, and our spies haven't detected as much, who will try to intercede. Your familiarity right. with them will ensure that they don't get the gold before we do. This gold that we keep talking about getting, are we talking about stealing? I just want to be real clear. She, Your silence he, makes me think uh, that I am... <laughs> he says... The gold was embezzled to begin with, no doubt. Lord Neverember was corrupt. Hmm. So if we get the gold, it will be put toward a noble purpose. Probably a better purpose than any other. Hmm. Uh, Dia, what do you think about this whole probably was embezzled thing? Do you, uh, I have no doubt that the money was embezzled or obtained through, or obtained through Many illegal means. What if we trade him something for the money, like a transaction instead of a stealing? What, like, what, what would be value enough to him that he would give up a pile of money? I don't know. Money's not that valuable to me. He says, the terms of our contract are clear. We need the payment, the money, the gold. That's what they're seeking in... With that, they, they can try to solve, well, according to them, all of our problems ever. I mean, D.F., if you're okay with stealing, then I know it must be right. But I just think this sounds a lot like stealing to me. So I wouldn't want you to do the one thing that you can't do morally. And you don't have to jump to any conclusions now. The auction's not for a while. We won't know exactly when, the, when and where the auction will take place for another day or two. Until then, you can ruminate on the matter. Right. Where will this auction be located? Yet to be determined. Okay, I guess we'll wait for the invitation for that then. We have and to we'll... tell Paulton not to throw it away. Yeah, and this invitation will be sent to our manor? Yes. Great. And then you're aware that other factions are after the Stone of Galore, so if we go to this auction, those other factions will be present and they will be an obstruction. How do you plan on dealing with that? Dealing with that? He puts a hand on your shoulder. Captain Woodrow, I'm sure you'll come up with a plan. And we will support you 100%. Mm. And then, How uh, did they know? You're not wearing the hat. <laughs> Invisible imp spies. 
Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, and uh, so uh, Lady Castellander says, now we come to the conclusion of this negotiation. And uh, she goes over to the table and rings a little bell. And then the tiefling manservant, the condescending one, returns. And she says, fetch Zodia. And he leaves. And she says, should our negotiations fall apart and we don't come to terms, we will have no choice but to acquire the gold any way we can and regard you as obstacles to that end. But you can't kill us. You'd lose all your favor with Asmodeus. No, you're right. We can't kill you. And he comes back with a box, this tiefling manservant, and walks over and drops it at your feet, Strix. Me? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And you see the box has some straw sticking out of it, and there is something nested in the middle of the box. Uh-huh. And it is the decapitated head of the old tiefling banker whose security you thwarted. Well, she was really mean. Why, why, is, why are you putting this in front of me? Well, she did have one good virtue, and she showed us that our security precautions were not quite up to snuff. I mean, you could have just told her she did a bad job, and maybe, like, yes. Dr. Pay. But I'm sure there are, other, but there are other people in the city who have uh, crossed paths with you. I'm sure there are. She won't be the last. Uh... I don't appreciate threats, and I'm sure that... Asmodeus probably doesn't either. Right, that's right. I'm sorry, tiefling lady. Cutting away, uh, you've left the kids in the care of Fala Lefelier. She, uh, so Nat Squidly Jenks, uh, as your, as your, isn't waffles with them too? No waffles. Was no waffles is left at home. Oh, no. So you're missing waffles, and as you are kind of lamenting this confinement, uh, you realize uh, Fala has been called away, so she basically leaves you unattended. Nat immediately takes up uh, like the leader responsible role, and they've been, I assume, assigned chores again. Yeah. So she's trying to make sure that Jenks and Squidly do their chores. She's already Squidly. finished hers. <laughs> Squidly wants to find the big crossbow. Okay. You, yeah, you're rooting around, no. not doing no. your chores, looking around. What's Jenks doing? Uh, I think Jenks is probably just sitting downstairs with Ferdinand. Yeah. Like, uh, just sort of like making him run along the, like, like the nice the nice furniture and all of the nice things in the house. Okay. Maybe maybe he's still on adventure in Jenks' mind. Ferdinand being the stuffed owlbear that Jenks Yes, yes. The is, stuffed owlbear is, is on is adventure. quote-unquote familiar. All yes. right. Um, well, as you are 
languishing here, either finishing up your chores in the case of Nat or completely neglecting your chores in the case <laughs> of Jenks and Squidly, looking, looking around and engaging in play, you hear in the sort of... The, so Troll Skull Alley is a, gets a fair amount of traffic during the day. It's kind of a busy, bustling place. But you hear the rising dulcet sounds of some sort of musical instrument that you have never heard before. And it's really quite um, alluring. Oh no, are we getting Pied Pipered? Uh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I go right towards it. <laughs> sounds like magic. Same. Sounds fun. Yeah. Nat's like, what? What? <laughs> we look very yeah. enthralled. Yeah, so you go, you go out the front door and into the street, and you follow this sound, and you see something spectacular. You Ooh. see a sort of a young, tall, slender man turning the crank on a box that's sort of perched on a post. The box is very decorative and colorful, and music is coming out of it. It is a hurdy-gurdy. And he's I just, love hurdy-gurdy. He's cranking this thing, and on top of the hurdy-gurdy, you see a dancing monkey. I don't like monkeys. Swidley immediately goes up and tries to just be like, cool, I want to try. And he, like, attempts to just start, like, cranking the thing. Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll let you do that, uh, this uh, young musician. And uh, he says, ha, ha, good job, my boy. Thanks. Not like Strangers have the coolest stuff. Jenks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, will... Make Ferdinand dance along. Okay, yeah, the monkey, the monkey will dance with Ferdinand as as she dance. And Nat, you're kind of watching this. Nat, despite herself, she followed them to be like, "What are you doing? Why are you running in the street? Do your chores." But then, as soon as she saw this and she sees Squidly cranking and uh, Jenks dancing, she goes and like puts her hand on the hurdy gurdy to feel the vibrations of it, Mm -hmm. and kind of like scratches the monkey a little bit, and she has just kind of a childlike wonder as well. Well, the three of you are quite a thing, aren't you? Does the music go faster if you yeah. turn it ding, 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 like, yeah. trying to turn it as fast as I can. <laughs> Ferdinand's, like, losing stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> While this is going on, it says, you, you three are utterly charming. Ah. Shut up, I'm in the zone. <laughs> I hear ya, I hear ya. He says, are you adventurers? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm a wizard. <laughs> You're a wizard? How can you be a wizard? You don't have a wand. Well, I, I did. Well, or do yeah. I? Do I still have it? Uh, you probably have your, st- you have your fake stick. Yeah, my stick. I hold up my stick. I'm like, I have a wand. Can I see it? Oh, my goodness. Look at that. That's, Nat, some- that's really something. Nat I can do magic. really, like, really proud, and she just pulls out her dagger, and she's like... <laughs> but I'll tell you what. If you want to be a real wizard, like a powerful wizard, you need a wand worthy of the greatest wizards of the realm. And he flicks his arm and up through his sleeve, a golden wand appears oh, in his wow. hand. Oh, wow. And he hands it to you. <sighs> and he says, this, my little friend, is a wand of anything. If any strangers have the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> if you point this wand at an object... A non-magical object that can fit in a one-foot cube. You this can sounds... turn that object into any other non-magical object you can think of, of oh. similar size. Go ahead, give oh. it a try. All right, Jenks will, Jenks's eyes are like saucers right now. It's like, you hold, the gold, uh... you hold this golden wand and you, can, you feel like there's magic in there. Oh, wow. Yeah, he, he's like, 
he kind of looks at the, I guess he looks at the, at Ferdinand, actually, he's holding Ferdinand, and he'll, he'll try and make it uh, look like the monkey. Just like a, like a, an object of the monkey, like a... Yeah, like a stuffed monkey. It's oh, changed okay. from an owlbear to a monkey. Got it. Okay. So you point the wand. Uh, golden sparkles erupt from the tip of the wand, swirl around Ferdinand, and transform him into a stuffed monkey. <gasps> I hate monkeys, but it worked! It sure <laughs> did. And guess what? He'll stay in that form for the next minute. Oh, a minute. All right. I want him back to an owlbear. Well, you can either wait for the spell to end, or you can turn him back. Is this... How many times can I do this? The wand has nine charges, my boy. Oh. Swilly's, like, completely out of breath. Just like, that was really cool. It will will recharge at midnight. Oh. So, you'll have nine charges a day. It's real magic. Why would you give me real magic? Because you are going to be a great wizard, and you are worthy of treasure. All wow. adventurers deserve treasure. Wow, I wonder why Strix never told me that. Hmm. <laughs> he takes the lot. Well, maybe like, you should ask her. Yeah, maybe. I, maybe. maybe. When, I don't, I don't think she likes her. that, she's like, do you know Strix? She's, she signs it, but and then remembers that he doesn't know sign language, and he, she... Hit Squidly. What? No Strix. My dear girl, I've got something for you too. And he opens up the top of the hurdy gurdy, or sorry, he opens up a shelf in the back of the hurdy gurdy and pulls something out. I think you'll love this. And he pulls out on a on a cord a small little crystal talisman amulet that looks like (gasps) Diaz's. She likes. She's trying to be like serious and and like. I don't talk to strangers, but she sees this and her eyes get all wide and she's like. (laughs) (laughs) I'm listening. And uh, he he hands it to you and he says, go ahead, put it on and tell me what you hear. She puts it on. Okay. As soon as you put it on and the crystal sort of comes into contact, you're the world around you opens up and you hear all of the sounds. She yanks it off. Suddenly you're in silence. What was that? Magic! Squilly's like, cool, I want to try, and like snatches it and puts it on. (laughs) Nothing happens. I think it's broken. (laughs) She takes it back. (laughs) She puts it on. You hear, you hear the doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-do
I want you to have this monkey, Lucy. Looks at the monkey, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> what? This monkey is a magical monkey, and she is really good at one thing, and that's stealing other people's gold. Go. Wrong. Show him. And she goes running off into the crowd, and you see her leaping and bounding through some people, and she sort of leaps up, disappears for a second, comes back down with a pouch, and comes running, bracing back to you, and drops this little pouch, and empties it out at your feet. And it's got like some gold coins, silver coins, and copper coins. And she sa- he says, as long as you have her with you, my boy, you will never be impoverished or out of coin again. Oh, I already spent a long time without gold, so I kind of got used to that. Oh, I want to try something else, though. And he takes out his bow and arrow mm-hmm. and just like looks at it and then just hands it to the monkey <gasps> just to see what it does. <laughs> okay. Uh, the monkey takes the bow and arrow and shoots it. What the shit? <laughs> cool. And that's where we'll yeah, stop. Ah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's worse than a gun. It's a monkey. It's a, it's a monkey with a bow and arrow. Hey. Cool. He tells you that her name is Lucy. Lucy. All right. So- who is this mysterious hurdy-gurdy player with these extremely high-priced items that they're just giving to children? <laughs> <laughs> Who indeed? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. If it's Squidly's father, then Strix must know. Strix's father. Well, he's not a tiefling. He's a human. Mm. Um, and as, as you guys gallivant away with your gifts, um, you look back and He's gone. Cool. That's weird. Should have asked to be big. I hate it. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, so, uh, announcements. Uh, next week, uh, we'll be back with an all-new episode. Um, Nate, you'll be traveling, right? You'll be, you'll be uh, off yeah. doing this and that, so you won't be here. But the Chicken Foot Coven will be back. Our, our, our three winners from last year's contest uh, will, will be returning for a, a, a episode having to do with Chickenfoot Coven antics and other, other things. Um, so we should probably, since, since actually, Nate, you're going to be out next week, uh, you'll be able to, if you so wish, reconnect with the rest of the Waffle crew uh, now that you've mellowed things out down in the Temple of Asmodeus. <coughs> oh, good, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, well, we won't leave yet. We won't leave uh, Paulton hanging out there too long. Yeah, I guess you can just tell us what you, Paulton wanted to add to the negotiation, if anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could also discuss that in between. Yes, you mm-hmm. could absolutely make yeah. that an in between thing and just come back with a, you know. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, cool. Right, right. Uh, I have announcements. Yeah. Please. The Waffle Crew minus. Chris, mm, will be at Pack South. Whoa! But guess what? Chris will be there in his own spooky DM way because mm-hmm. we are going to have a live episode on Friday, the 18th of January in San Antonio, Texas at Pack South and on stream. And that will be at 2 p.m. local time. And 
Chris will not be there in person, but he will be DMing us, DMing via a choose your own adventure style envelope scheme (laughs) that we will be surprised by at the same time as you. So we won't know what's happening. We will find out the same way that you find out. We're just making a new kind of proxy DMing D&D that will happen on stage. It's never never been done before. Right. We like to do things that have never been done before. So so that's happening at 2 p.m. on Friday. On Saturday at 4.30, we have a panel. We're doing our traditional Ask the Waffle Crew Anything panel. So if you want to come ask us about anything, uh, you can do that. And we will probably also take a few questions from social media. So if you're not there, watch for a call for questions. And then on Sunday, we will have an official pack signing from at starting at two o'clock local time. So you can come and get things signed and meet us or take pictures, whatever you, you feel. And if you're like, gee, golly, gosh, what could I get signed? Guess what? We're going to have our Waffle Crew merch at PAX South as well. We'll be in, um, it will be available in Brandland. You can go pick up our Crying is a Free Action t-shirt, the Suboptimal t-shirt, or the character icon pullover sweatshirt, and a limited number of pins and pop sockets will also be available. So you want to pick those up super early. We'll also be appearing at the Idol Champions booth. We haven't announced the times for that yet, so watch out for those. And uh, keep an eye on social media for uh, anything more about when and where we will be. But hopefully we'll see a lot of you at South. I've never been to South before. It's my first time. So super stoked. Did I miss anything? Anybody on South? No. Cool. No. Awesome. Announced. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything. All right. I think that's it. Well, I know it's been three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and this figure just keeps doing this for some reason. I can't While Hi. this figure just holds something. And it's almost like it wants to just... <laughs> repeatedly this is not an obscene gesture this is a, <laughs> just so you know <laughs> please don't like, is it not that. don't give that and you, make sure you definitely don't share it over the dice camera action subreddit where you can share all kinds of different fan art uh, discussions theories and uh, different things so I'm gonna spam that link spam that link boy yeah spam it good <laughs> oh that was a good spam this week, right? yeah <laughs> All right. Uh, then if there are no other announcements, we'll call it quits for this week. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Until then, take care of each other. Enjoy the uh, early phases of 2019. And, um, wow, we're, we're in the back end of season four of the show, and things are going to get wild and wacky. Yeah, the well, second half started off with Asmodeus. And what always, you know. Yeah. Safe place. Wacky wild hijinks will the gang get in this uh-huh. time. K- kid almost joins a cult. Let's start right. 2019 right. <laughs> yes. Son almost joined a cult. Father ended up leading the cult. So yes. good start. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, expect the return of several beloved guest stars in the episodes coming up in the next couple months. I'm All looking right. forward to that. Yep. Yay. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting. Happy hunting.